0: Colour is a fascinating thing. We have a, a very deep-seated need for it, and it, it actually affects us in very, very profound ways. I remember as a child noticing colour, really, and it making me feel good. In our hometown, they would have a lot of fairy lights in the trees and my mum has always said that I was kind of fascinated even as a baby. I would be sort of pointing at the colour and I used to talk about the bright lights. And then I remember being a small child and very visibly being interested in my elder siblings' clothes. My sister had this beautiful suede jacket that was like patchwork suede. What I really remember about that is all the beautiful colours. Rust colours and browns. Most people's expression with colour is through clothing, how they choose to put their colours together, and it tells you an awful lot about somebody, and I think that's very indicative of someone's state of mind, whether they know it or not, really. My name is Jonathan Schofield, and I'm a painter. And this is here. This is the studio. I think the best description of my style of painting is my preoccupation with colour. I love oil paint. It's just such a beautiful stuff to use. You just can't get the colours any other way and the physicality of paint. I'm concerned with shape, the weight of a mark, balance, um, what I would loosely term as the music of painting. Music's been a sort of metaphor for painting since forever, really, certainly since the 19th century. I think there was a philosopher called Walter Pater that said all art aspires to the condition of music. Good painting, good cinema, good literature. There is the subject matter of the piece, but underneath that there's a musicality to the way the words are put down, the way the paint's put down, and I think that that's what obsesses me. The idea of trying to create something that has a rhythm and a flow. All the qualities that we give to music are really valid to painting, and especially when you're dealing with colour I'm particularly interested in the idea of synesthesia, where people experience colours as sounds. I think a painter called Kandinsky was very interested in that and he heard yellow as a violin. All these things are very interesting in our brains, how we process visual information and how we process music and how we process the world around us. So this painting I've literally just started on Um, So this is just the underpainting, but it's going to be a figure and she's going to be doing a cat's cradle, which is, you know, that game where you you have the pieces of string. I've never played it, but I I found an image of it and I thought it was really interesting. So it's a bit about time passing. So I select colours just really intuitively. The colour palette is to do with pure instinct and feeling. I'm trying to, like, generate a mood and an atmosphere. I feel like we're all in a waiting state at the moment, so I want to make a painting about waiting and doing repetitive tasks to kind of, like, help you get through your day. Can this combination of colours in a painting put you into a state of mind that allows for contemplation or allows you to be excited or allows you to feel wonderful about, you know, what you're looking at? It's like a chase for that sort of state of mind where everything feels possible well there's two big vertical blocks of yellow, but they're going they won 't be there and there's a pink a sort of salmony pink underpainting which that that is actually going to be i think a turquoise a bright turquoise is going to go over the top of that, and then there's a v- sort of very nice well i like it there's a like a kind of ready violet um thing which is a plant color, and I think that might stay the same so what I often do is put colors and then react to colors on top so it's, it's a kind of continual process of, of like developing, really. So the colours that start are never often the colours that end up in the finished piece. But also I like being subversive with colour. I mean, one of my favourite painters is a painter called Bonnard and he said one doesn't always sing out of happiness. Some of the saddest paintings that you can make could be in bright colours or a dark painting can be super happy. I don't like those kind of cliches like blue is sad and red is angry and orange is crazy. I'm trying to find new ways of experiencing colour. Because I'm interested in colour, people think it's about like taste or, or prettiness or decoration. I never think about those things. I never think about is this a nice combination. Really, for the kind of work that I make, being tasteful is the enemy of what I do There's a wall here of kind of postcards and cutouts and I guess it's just like some of my favourite work of art. There's a few Picassos, there's a Picabia painting, there's a de Kooning painting. My ideas come from a huge variety of sources. I am a big believer in what uh, painter Francis Bacon called visual compost. Um, there's a photograph of the artist John Minton with his head in his hands which I love there's a couple of Polaroid pictures there's a cut out of a poem that I liked from a newspaper that I've had there about 20 years so yeah just things that kind of inspire me on a daily basis really for me it's ideas from poetry or it's a still from a film or it's a colour combination I see walking down the street so yeah we're walking up Church Lane, which is where my studio is, and uh, there's the Romeo and Julieta ice cream shop up here. I'm a pistachio man. I always pistachio. So there's a mimosa tree near my studio, and it's just come out, and it's like a huge cloud of yellow, and I cycle under it every day. We're just coming up to the mimosa tree, which has faded a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but it's not quite as intense as it was two weeks ago. I think they fade, um, but also it's, uh, it's not quite a bright day today, but you can see what I mean about the cloud of yellow. It has a green leaf, and the leaves are like... They're kind of like a grey-green. I would call those like a grey-green, um, but what's wonderful is they kind of offset the yellow just so beautifully. They're like the perfect green for that yellow because it's quite an acidic, bright yellow. What I particularly love is the accidental poetry of nature in London. You know, as much as you love living in the city, you can't survive without nature. It's it's really important for our souls, really. Um, you know, there's another yellow bush there, and then I kind of like the colour of this green on the on you know somebody's old house, and so yeah, you know, you can see once you start looking, you can kind of see colour everywhere. I think it informs my work in terms of colour combinations. So walking down the street and maybe you see a very old wall that was a beautiful pink colour but it's faded out with the weather but then you see like a pink cherry blossom tree behind it and then behind that you see a bright yellow tree that someone's planted. I'm often kind of making visual notes like, oh, that's like 80% pink, 10% yellow, 5% grey. Like sometimes I set myself a challenge, like how would I mix that colour? Like what green would I start off with and what would I put a little bit of white and a bit of like black in to dirty it up and then get the, would it, would it have a little bit of blue in it to get that exact sage green? So yeah, I'm always thinking about like, what colours would I mix and how would I get that combination and would that go into a painting? My mind is, like, constantly composing as I'm cycling around London. It's a really beautifully coloured city. I just don't think people look at that often enough, maybe. All these things are possible subjects for painting. You have your compost of imagery, whatever that is, and then I begin an editing process. It's a little bit like a jazz musician. They know their basics, they know the architecture of music, but then they start to improvise. So this painting, it's three figures. It's like a turquoise figure, a yellow figure, and then a kind of... Guy, uh, a male figure. I don't sketch before I make a painting. I have like an image bank, and then an idea will build within me. Um, and then there's two serpentine forms, which is I've taken this idea of sort of, every, of people sitting in chairs, reclining. That then becomes the impulse for painting, but the actual painting process is largely improvisational, and all the composition is worked out on the canvas. Um, but there's like sand pink, there's yellow. One of the figures has got really good red toenails that I painted in yesterday, which I was really pleased with. For me, it's a very physical thing. I'm on my feet, I'm putting a shape in, I'm taking a shape out, I'm editing. I'm like honing that. Mood, But sometimes you don't even know what that mood is, so it's a little elusive. You know, for me, it's like where that lilac goes into that brown, goes into that viridian green, and then there's like a black line on the top, and then that goes into a yellow bit, bits of flat colour. There's like these lines that are like kind of moving through the painting in a very rhythmical way. You're chasing something that you want to make concrete, but you don't know what that thing might be. how you can tell a painting is finished for me it's when I can't do anything more and also when when it feels true to what you set out to do when it has that feeling you get that feeling back you get a bounce you get a vibration of your original idea coming back to you so I call this painting three variations of sitting in a comfortable chair so again you know the idea of variations is like musical variations it's like Often, like, you know, uh, a musical piece might be called a variation on something. So it's like, yeah, the variation on the theme of sitting on a chair. I think we misuse colour and we downplay its significance and its importance because it's seen as frivolous, it's seen as decorative. There is a very powerful neurological effect of colour. It has a potency, it has an ability to change our mood. And I mean, if you look at, say, the LGBTQ flag, it's a rainbow. There's a reason for that. It's because colour has a very, sort of, powerful significance in terms of levelling people. It means something. We do underestimate colour as a sort of symbolic and poetic, like, force in the world. Colour's a deep thing.
1: This podcast is part of Good Nature, Selfridges' ongoing exploration into the healing powers of nature and escapism. Tune in each week for more sonic journeys designed to help you escape, be inspired, and discover the joys of the natural world. And keep an eye on Selfridges.com to see the Good Nature concept grow through thought-provoking events and mood-boosting experiences. It was a Radio Wolfgang production and featured Jonathan Schofield. The producers were Holly Aquilina and Ivor Manley, and the executive producer was Ellie DiMartino. To see Jonathan Schofield's work close up, come and visit Selfridges London, where the artist has created three works for the windows on Orchard Street, inspired by the vibrant colours found in nature.